Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of Venture Chats. Why tourism and hospitality industries took a big hit when COVID nineteen pandemic swept across our planet. There were a few bright spots in the global economy, namely everything that is virtual, virtual shopping, virtual trade, virtual meetings, and classes. According to a recent survey by management consulting firm McKinsey, the COVID nineteen pandemic has accelerated the process of digitization by at least three to four years. Susanna Lohau from Panama, who founded Atia Lab, a software service company, during her master study in 2014, said that the two years of COVID nineteen have been the best for her business since its inception. During this time, she even opened the U.S. market. Welcome to Venture Chats, Susanna. Thank you so much for accepting my interview. I can see from your LinkedIn profile, your profile is actually a perfect match for the big techie companies.、Um, have you ever thought about working for those biggest tech names like Google, Microsoft? Actually, not. Like.、Um I did study in Silicon Valley, for example, and I, I visited some of those headquarters.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to be like、uh, to be entrepreneur. I wanted to start my own company. So even there, I was just looking at them and how what I want to become, like 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 role models, like companies that I、uh, dream of having, like in my company, more than 100 employees. You know, like being seen as 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 a model for other companies. So yeah. Do you remember at what age and in what context that you have this idea of becoming an entrepreneur instead of you know working for others? My parents they had a like a shop in. I grew up working in a small、uh, convenience store that my parents own,、mm-hmm. so I always saw them、uh, you know working more than ten hours per day. Very hard. Yeah, it's very it's a very hard work, and you know that we always I always thought that I have to do something to to change that. That kind of, of of life, so I say like maybe if I own my own、uh, company, that would be、uh, that would make a difference. So yes, I, I always I grew up、uh, looking at entrepreneurs. Parents are、uh, business owners, so I think that had a、uh, it, it's part in, in making me to to be entrepreneur. Judging from your name, I think you had some Asian roots in your family. So I was wondering, like, because Asian parents、uh, usually won't have a very safe and stable career for their children. I'm Asian myself, so I'm wondering how was the reaction from your parents when you when you told them that you wanted to to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. So so my parents they were、uh, they always supported us. So actually we are four.、Uh, they、uh, I have three do-、uh, sisters.、Mm-hmm. So he always said to us like. Study whatever you want.、Uh, they never like made us to be a doctor, or be a lawyer, or be an accountant, even though they mentioned that. But they always say that we we support whichever career you choose. You just have to like it, and you will be successful if you like what you study. Were the reactions from your parents, like your mom and dad, different?、Uh, because I think one of them is from Asia and another one is from Panama. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, my my dad was the one that was always pushing us to study. To to like education is the only thing that I'm I will be able to provide you. Like、uh, it's 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 going to be your future. 
my mom, yeah, when she was, uh, she th thought a little different. She was more tradition. She is more traditional. We're thinking about, you know, what a, a woman has to do in a family. You know, get married and have children, stay at home. But yeah, so there, there, there are different ways of thinking in the same house. Mm -hmm. Most of the entrepreneurs spotted problem and then they went down to solve it. That's how they uh, came came up the idea of building a business. So, what was the problem that you tried to respond to when you started uh, ATL Lab? So ATLab started when I was still studying in the U.S. Uh, in Silicon Valley, and it it um, so before I went there, uh, my goal was to prepare myself and be able to create my own uh, software company. Uh, that was like a goal I had before starting my master's degree. So the, the problem that we um, wanted to solve with ATLab was to help other companies to be able to automate the processes in a cost-effective manner. So that, that was like uh, like our main uh, value proposition today. Like uh, there are a lot of small businesses that also be corporations that want to start uh, creating solutions to automate some of the processes, but maybe they don't know how to start. They don't know how much it costs, right? They don't know about the technology, they are not tech savvy. Yeah, so we are there to support that. So that's like our main value proposition. Uh, sometimes we start a business and we don't know what is our, our value proposition. And maybe when we did start at Yalab, we didn't know that very clear, but you know, that's a process and, and and it may take some time for you to realize what is your, your product market fit, for example. How do you know what is what are you offering offering to, to other companies and, and what is that value proposition? What does the name ATLab mean? Well, ATLab uh, stands for uh, Evolution, Transformation and Advancement. In Spanish, Evolucionar, Transformar y Avanzar. And lab, the last uh, three words, it's like a laboratory, huh? like a far, uh, factory that create ideas. You also mentioned a name Mercadito on your LinkedIn profile. It is an app of marketplace, um, mostly specialized in helping farmers like agriculture products um, selling and uh, trading. So is the story of Mercadito somehow related to uh, the birth of ATL Lab? Actually, Mercadito started after a, a, with, uh, ATL Lab had like one year already. So in the beginning, we were like, finding ways to create solutions to start you know to gain traction in the market so we uh, created this uh, app to solve a problem that we actually saw in our own our in, in local community like uh, we saw a lot of farmers we, we start talking about that actually the way that this idea started was because I was in the central market uh, uh, and I saw a lot of uh, veggies that were you know they were thrown there and but they were still um, good. good to eat like you know there is the, uh, I, this day you saw the news about in California that it was a lot uh, for all those um, uh, remaining I don't know what's the word in English like the leftovers, the, the leftovers uh, they, they can't throw them away they have to you know donate them so the idea initially for of Mercadito was to be able to have a marketplace to for farmers to uh, um, promote those those produce before they they get uh, raw or uh, spoiled so th that idea evolved and then we started talking to farmers and then we start validating the idea and we realized another big problem in in, in the in, in the agriculture areas and and that was uh, like the how it turned Mercadito into an, a marketplace to for farmers to 
promote what they sell so they can sell directly to consumers uh, and pay with uh, credit cards and, and have all those products delivered to their homes. How big do you think is your addressable market in Panama when you try to develop a web solution and mobile solution for them? How big is the size of the market, you think? So there is a, a huge opportunity and I think that every small business, every big corporation needs something related to, to, to technology. And something uh, that's very interesting is when uh, last year, uh, sorry, 2020, when the pandemic started, we saw like increase in, for example, in e-commerce. Like we, we didn't, uh, so e-commerce wasn't part like a big part of our portfolio before COVID. And then after that, we saw a lot of, of uh, persons and small business owners calling us, I need uh, to move my you know, inventory online to start selling because... So you started to have lots of calls during those times? Yes, we, we started to get uh, those uh, leads, that uh, people that have their physical store and wanted to open online, start getting digital payments like credit cards. And, and that opened us a, a, a huge uh, new, let's say, um, uh, product in our portfolio and, and start offering that and now we do have uh, more we, we already set up more than 30 uh, e-commerce and landing pages since then and yeah so you think the covid rather bring a lot of opportunities and open lots of doors for you isn't it yes definitely i think that everyone that is in technology uh, with covid has um a lot of doors open, uh, not only in, in, in those related to e-commerce, like, for example, um, home office, you know, a lot of people are, are working from home and they will need a lot of software to, for productivity that they will not be able to do if they, uh, they are all separate at home because they are no longer in the office. Uh, virtual, virtual meetings, um, virtual dashboards and collaboration tools that allow them to interact easily uh, day to day without being physically in a place. So I think that's a lot of opportunities for people that create software solutions to look at and see how they can contribute more for those, uh, those kind of tools. Yeah, I think before the COVID, maybe they had options to go online or not online, but COVID kind of gave them no options. Yeah. They had to go online to survive. So far, you are mostly, I guess, focusing on Panama market. Do you have any plan, intention to expand it to other countries, other markets? Yeah, so for the last five years, we have been focused only on, on Panama, but starting the last months of uh, last year, we started like working with a partner and also starting campaigns to focus to the US market. We do actually have U.S. market, uh, U.S. clients already. Like, uh, how big are the numbers of the clients you are working with in uh, U.S.? We are already working with uh, more than six U.S. clients. It's very diverse the, the, the kind of companies we're already working with. So, what's the uh, approximate total number of clients you are working with, including, I mean, domestically in Panama and internationally? Yeah, for sure, there are there are more than sixty clients that we are work we have been working with over the past years. But these, like last year, probably we work with more than twenty clients. Uh, yeah. And how big is the team of ATL Lab? Um, so who are working on this? Our team is uh, 10. Uh, 10. We are 10 between developers and business analysts and designers. So yes, and, and not, all, not all of them are in Panama. You know that an opportunity that also the COVID brought was that you can 
work from anywhere in, in, in the world. And is the business now profitable and how profitable it is? Yeah, it, it is profitable uh, since I think the uh, year three. Uh, um, and yeah, this is, that's like the main, uh, my main source of income and the main source of income for ten, nine other persons here in, in Panama. So yes, it, it's profitable and we have been growing and uh, 25% steadily each year. So I think it's, oh, a, a, it's, a, yes, it's, it's a good thing. And I hope that this next year we will double the sales of last year by going to the US market. When I go through your LinkedIn profile, you had many amazing achievements. So one of them being you were one of the seven Panamanians selected to be um, this recipient of um, Young Leaders for the America's Initiative Scholarship and awarded by US Embassy. So would you able to talk about what was the experience like in this program? Yes. The, this wildlife experience uh, was a life-changing experience too. Um, so you know that this experience usually takes you to the US uh, to work with uh, you know, a sister company there and also receive other type of training for three weeks. But due to COVID, we had to take it virtually. So we were matched with several organizations in the US. And one of them is actually uh, one of those um, companies, is a company that is partnering with us. So we are reaching now the US market thanks to the wildlife uh, experience. You know that it, it also opened us to be the network effect that yes, this program brought effect. to you. Mm -hmm. So we, we had the experience to work with this sister company in the US. It's actually from Colorado. They are also a software development company. And we have learned a lot from each other as part of the wider experience. And now are they also a startup or a more, more no, mature are, company? Yes. They are more mature company. Uh, actually, I don't consider Etialab to be a startup. I think that Etialab is it's already a, a company, is a business because it, the market is it's working. It's not like risky or you know that and it's profitable and and the growth is, is very. It's not as like you know exponential as one might think uh, a startup has. But this company is like ten-year company and they have also big clients and. They are like our sister company in the U.S. And, and we, we have learned a lot from each other and that experience was so good that we are now working together with projects from the U.S. So, so is that the one that brought American market to yes. you, opened the door of U.S. for you? That's, that's right. They, they brought these clients to us and we are also starting uh, running Google Ads campaign. Uh, based on all that knowledge that we gained to target the US market directly too. So let's see how it goes this year. <laughs> how many months was the program running of this um, Young Leaders for America's initiative? Yeah, so the application was one year before and the, the program, as I mentioned, if it was uh, on site, uh, it has, would have been three weeks, but we had to take it in four months and like, you know, like probably two or one session per week, per week. Uh -huh. and there were different uh, organizations involved like one was this this, uh, this um, company that's their sister company Th there was another the host organization that introduced you to the u.s market like how is the life there the, the and you know get to know the different organizations for example in colorado that help businesses to grow and there was another uh, organization involved like, that was the mentoring they, are, they also assigned one mentor for so it was like a, a pool of resources available to you for for four months from the u.s and apart from that after this award 
Did you also see a difference in Panama market? Uh, did it open more doors for you in Panama market as well? Yeah, I think that every new project or new client that, that you uh, close, it's, it's something positive for, for the future as it becomes like a part of your portfolio at, and helps you gain experience to showcase your clients, right? So yeah, definitely uh, it allows us to grow faster. And, and also, for example, this year we was the, I think the, the year that we grow the more, like we hire more people. The, uh, and I think it, it was, it was a good year do also for, because of wildlife. Did you receive any like seed capital uh, assistance when you started? No, so we, since this is a service company, we actually started like, for example, started with my own, you know, um, One per personal uh, uh, savings. And then uh, just have to close one client and you know from that starting to 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 um flowing the, the cash in the company right like for the first three years like there was no steady income for me like it was very sporadic depending on the client the clients and the projects that were closing and and then we applied for uh, uh, funding from Senasi. this is the, the national secretariat of technology in Panama they the government organizations yes. they support a lot entrepreneurs so I applied with Mercadito to um, to scale the idea and they they, they gave us forty thousand dollars to scale Mercadito's an application but also it it collaterally also strengthened Etialab because Mercadito was a product of Etialab so that I think that's the only like um, cash funding like there are there are there were a lot of other you know uh, resources that are given to to our team in but not the capital. yeah, but in training, you know, in networking, and all those assets also contribute to the growth of any company. And are there any um, other business businesses in Panama you perceive as your major competitors? Yeah, definitely, there are many uh, software development factories here in Panama, and they're also the same. They also are offering. Uh, services to other markets, not only in Panama. And Panama is, is very small, you know, Panama is only 4 million, four million and uh, it's, it's even smaller than any city in the U.S. So I think that we, we, can, we can start here, validate our ideas and then start like um, achieving, like setting bigger goals to, to go to bigger markets, for example, U.S. or even in, in Latin America. The, the only thing that in other markets uh, you know that the the price that a customer in US is willing to pay can compare for example in for one in, in the other countries in Latin America so it is more attractive to, to target the US market for us as a software development company. Since you mentioned there are so many other businesses doing the similar things in Panama as well so how do you compete with them when you reach out to clients what are you going to say to convince them to choose you instead of other similar businesses here? Yeah. I think that one of our uh, competitive advantage is that we are still a boutique software development company. It means that we work very closely with the client and we um, involve them in the process of software development. So they are part from the beginning, uh, you know, providing ideas to to shape their, their application or their software. And then they are also part continuously on the development process, giving feedback, validating the product and, and testing it. So I think that it's true, it's more work for us, but it's something that for some clients, it's um, it's a value proposition because they they see the improvement and they, they feel they are part of the project and that's part of agile development. 
involving the final users or the clients in the development process. Some companies just you just send them the requirements, they disappear for two, three months, they work on that and then come back in three months and they just see the results, but they figure out it's not what they're looking for. So we usually tend to um, incorporate that customer to our process, more work, but more satisfaction for the client. Uh, what's your profitability like? It's like a percentage out of the revenue you can earn as a profit. Would you mind yes. sharing that? I think that for services, it's usually between 20 and 30 percent uh, of the sales. Mm -hmm. Do you ha have idea what is your market share like in Panama? No, it's, it's, it's very small. There are, there are too many companies in Panama, like there are big software development companies even from other countries that also offer services here. But, and all companies need software, so it's, it's... But don't you think like for the small market, maybe it's easier to actually have higher market penetration, have a higher market share because the market is so small, so it's easier to reach that goal. Um, yes, but I think it's like this is, this is not something that you have to be that unique. Uh, I think it depends on um, how you get to know the demand because I we know that there is a lot of demand. You know, any every company at some point or even in the long term, after you develop a software, they will still you know need services to, for the support and the maintenance of the software. So it's something that all companies need. You know, and, and the, there is the market and probably there is so much demand that there is not enough, you know, software companies to supply, to supply that. So. so you think the market cake is big enough for everyone yes, and you don't have to compete with each other? Yes. It's, it's big enough. I think that it depends on how you find that fit for those products, projects that you want to work with. But definitely the U.S. is, is a bigger, even bigger cake. So that, that's why it's easier to to let's say to close a deal if you have that unique uh, but you have to get to those to those clients to those leads first i know that you are also quite active in a local kind of startup scene and how would you describe the local uh, entrepreneurship ecosystem here in panama and what kind of support did you get when you started yeah <clears throat> so in the past i think three five years we have been seeing a lot of um activity in the uh, ecosystem. For example, uh, Ciudad del Saber, it's yeah, like uh, the main, like we can say referral of, of the startup. The, uh, everyone wants to, like the main offices probably of all the startups, they, they will be there. The information is spread out, is spread everywhere. Like there is no, like there is no central contact point, point. Like, that you can go there. And I, I can get all the, you know, startup ecosystem from here. No, it's all, all spread away and and there are a lot of uh, startups uh, that are very oriented to tech. Uh, I don't know if you have seen that in Panama, that it's, for example, compared to other Latin American uh, countries, most of the startups are apps or are some kind of technology. Technology oriented. Very technology oriented. For example, I had the chance to travel to Costa Rica and Guatemala, and that's not the case there. They, the, they are, they're obviously there are tech um, app uh, startups, but most of these startups are oriented to, you know, food processing or, you know, some kind of, of um, that is very related to our Actec, for example, not in, not in Panama. And, and the opportunities have been growing over the, the years and 
And the thing is that uh, most of them are for early stage entrepreneurs. Uh, something we lack here is that for those that are already scaling or, or, or want to get funds, the startups that want to uh, like looking for funding above, I don't know, 200 or between 200K and 1 million, they can't find it in Panama easily. So, um, and that's a, that's a thing that there, there is no uh, appetite for risk for some, some investors here in, 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 Panama. in Panama. Yeah, but I think this is a process and, and starting to include entrepreneurship in, in the formal education at schools is something that we can start changing. Like, you know, that, that seed about uh, that, that is in Silicon Valley that everyone wants, wants to be entrepreneur from, from very early ages. And here, it's not seen as that. How about the government support? You mentioned that you received some grants from the government organization. How, how big is the government support to the local startup scene here? I, I can say that, for example, uh, Sena Seed, based on my experience and my, my, the opportunities I had to work with other entrepreneurs, that Sena Seed ha plays an important role in providing financial support to tech entrepreneurs. And I think that mostly of the entrepreneurs are, are focused on technology because Sena Seed, it's like, Sinasid uh, is the National Secretary of Science and Technology, the one I mentioned before, that the, the also the providers a grant to Mercadito. They even uh, provide funding. So, so the funding they provide are from 40k to up to 250k. Is it easy to apply and uh, get accepted? No, you have to uh, fill out a very long application and have you know have financial financial plan you have to a market study so it, it's it's you have to provide a lot of information and, and compete with others because they only have like limited budget budget to uh, distribute among the, the the winners but they do it every year and every year they are supporting financially a lot of startups even Etialab has de developed several uh, applications for some of these startups that have won financial support from Senasi. I know that you are also one of the organizers for some of those events, like um, putting entrepreneurs together, sharing knowledge and skills. So what was the motivation of starting such kind of events? I am volunteering in different activities and organizations. Uh, I am part of IEEE, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. And they have a group called uh, Women in Engineering. It's affinity group that looks to promote women in STEM and in leadership positions. So I'm volunteer there and we develop a program uh, that it's called Building the Future STEM Entrepreneurs that, was, ad that was, is, was addressed to high school students. So in that program, we develop a one-year uh, curriculum and target uh, 110 students. So we benefited 110 students nationwide virtually and all of them receive a copy of the book they receive mentorship and it's very you know it's very satisfying because when you start talking to these kids and 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 how they are already like thinking about the future but they don't know all the opportunities that they are like being entrepreneur or being in stem and it's very motivating and uh to to listen and to to see that that working with the uh, Alejandra with Alej eh, Nelly and Rob that I hope you meet them today if you go to the event they uh, we worked there and then we decided to uh, open this uh, foundation that uh, called Funda Crea and we have this program that we apply 
uh, with the U.S. Embassy. Uh, it's called Community Champions, and our purpose is that is to share uh, knowledge from our networking to the entrepreneurs, so they can get also those uh, first ideas or, or that um, knowledge they will need to to scale their business. Also, how easy it is for a woman to start a business in Panama. Are there any stereotypes, you know, like uh, setbacks to hold you to hold you back? You know, but it has changed a lot, uh, and there there is a program that it's very um, very known. It's Canal de Empresarias from Ciudad Saber, and it helps women uh, in its early stage that want to to scale or improve their 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 businesses. But one tendency is that most of those businesses um, are very traditional businesses. No? Let's say like bakery or you know food coffee shop, coffee shops or um, artisan you know like jewelry or textile. clothing, uh -huh, textile. Yeah. So it's they're they're usually starting very traditional business. So in my volunteering, what we are looking for is to promote more women to take STEM, like like to start. Um, technology businesses or engineering businesses and so that that's our goal and the opportunities are there I, th I think that there there have been an increase uh, of programs and focus only on women so they can start you know uh, creating their own startup but, but with innovation now usually innovation requires technology there are lots of young aspiring entrepreneurs and founders out there if you were to give some advices for them, what would you say, especially about those lessons you have learned over those years during your own experiences? The most difficult part is the, is the part of making the decision, right? Because some, there I talk to a lot of people and they say, oh, I, I have an idea, I will do that soon, I will, I will do it next year, next year, or, you know, they try to, they try to, to postpone that. that and I, I just want to recommend that if you have that aspiration or that, that idea, just start working a little bit every day. Did you have any mentors along the way that you consider played a really important role in your entrepreneurship life? Definitely, yes, definitely. There are, I have many friends that are entrepreneurs, that are, are business owners that I talk to and I ask questions that have helped me a lot. And you know that sometimes if you do it yourself, probably you will take five years, but if you have mentors or people to ask questions whenever you want <laughs> probably you will you will shorten that five years to two years to one year one specifically i always remember was about the um how is that word uh pricing your product so you know at the beginning uh you don't know like what's the price of the market so you just try to figure out and, and try to cover your cost and then you realize that you are charging like far too low be below the market and then that that's like the, the big one and then i started to you know increase the the price in my you know the the bills that i sent to customer someone taught you about that i i started increasing and the clients didn't say anything so that's like that was like a big thing for for you know to to get to that point where you start being profitable because you are afraid that wow at the beginning for you it may be a lot right because you you will not be pay, paying that but companies are willing to pay that or even three times, four times that because they are expecting a technology a technology service. So yeah, that was a, as a big thing but for the first years. Price is very low and then, you know, they start charging more and, and you, you have to cover a lot of expenses. I didn't have offices by then. I work myself. So when you start having office, you start paying, you know, uh, salaries and other people, you, you realize that what you were sharing wasn't enough. 
entrepreneurship life is not for everyone because there is lots of risk involved, uncertainty involved, and also hard, very stressful. Um, is there anything that you you don't like about entrepreneurship life? You wish that you could change? Oh, well, I, I think one of the things that I uh, I don't I won't use the word I don't like, but it's that it's very um, time demanding. So, for example, uh, there are days that I work from eight in the morning until ten in, in night, and I sometimes don't have time for let's say like the, what we call personal life but if you enjoy that actually my company is my personal life i don't have kids it's like this is my moment to give the most to you know to to make the company uh, as i mentioned in the beginning work by itself without you know depending so it's much on me uh-huh, on me and then when is when that is possible i think you have a business and, and you can use your time, but at the beginning to do that, you have to sacrifice a lot of your time, a lot of um, travels, or, or I don't know, like I like to travel or, or other things that you like to do in your free time and, and realize that that's the like 80% of your time. So hopefully the company is going to be soon, get up and running by itself and you're gonna have more time for yourself. Thank you so much, Susanna, for accepting my interview today. Yeah, I wish you the very best for your company and business. Thank you, Thank you for this interview.